everyone. It's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today, we're going to continue in our lifestyle series and talk about what it means to become a spiritual athlete. This was such a key truth for me to learn in my Christian walk because going into ministry, I had no idea of the battle that I was entering into. And I think a lot of people experience this, whether you're just mentoring someone or teaching a small group Sunday school class or going to some kind of large scale ministry, orphan work or mission work overseas or writing and speaking to large groups of people, it really doesn't matter the scope. Any type of ministry is a spiritual battle. And if you are not ready to truly rise up and become a spiritual athlete, if you allow difficulty to just swallow you up then you'll be eaten for lunch. And that was really what happened to me the first few years of being in full-time ministry. I found myself anxious and depressed and miserable and crying out to God and wondering why I was always upset and always stressed out and not really understanding the battle that I was in or how to handle that battle. It was a real battle with self-pity, to be honest, because circumstances in my life were becoming difficult and overwhelming. There were financial challenges, there were health issues, there were relational issues in my life, and all of these things were completely overwhelming to me. In addition to that, I was facing some pretty intense false accusation and betrayal from people I had really trusted, and it completely robbed me of my perspective and joy. I felt like a victim. I kept asking God, why he was allowing all of this to happen to me. And emotionally, it felt like everything in my life was basically just falling apart. I did not have the strength to cope, let alone triumph through any of these challenges. And when I read verses such as, in all these things, we are more than conquerors from Romans 8.37, or thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ from 2 Corinthians 2.14, I began to realize that something was missing from my spiritual tool belt because those verses did not reflect my reality. So I began to ask God to show me what I needed in order to walk in the triumph portrayed in his word. If Paul could be victorious in perils of robbers, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and nakedness, that's in 2 Corinthians 11, 26 and 27, then couldn't I learn how to be an overcomer through my much smaller difficulties? As I began to seek God's answer to this question, I became aware of a spiritual principle which has completely transformed my life ever since, and it's the principle of spiritual fortitude. Fortitude means gaining supernatural strength to be an overcomer, no matter what trials or difficulties come your way. It means not letting self-pity or self-sympathy push you around, but letting the triumphant strength and victory of Christ rule your actions and decisions instead. The Bible is filled with commands to be strong and to practice spiritual fortitude. Here are just a few examples. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Ephesians 6, 10. Let us not grow weary in doing good, Galatians 6, 9. 
endure hardship as a good soldier for Christ, 2 Timothy 2, 3. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4, 13. And even the Proverbs 31 woman has the primary attributes of valor and strength. As I've mentioned in other podcasts, when it says who can find a virtuous woman in verse 10, the word virtuous actually means valiant, mighty in battle, and strong. And it's the same word used to describe King David when he slew the lion and the bear with his bare hands and killed the most threatening giant in the land. This kind of strength does not just endure trials with a good attitude. It actually sprints towards the battle with an unwavering, conquering spirit that will not accept defeat. For more about that, see 1 Samuel 17, 48. This is such a far cry from today's attitude, which goes something like this. I need to take it easy on myself and nurse my wounds. We fall for that all the time. We often believe that we have the right to wallow in self-pity and spiritual weakness because of the unique challenges we are going through. And oftentimes we get very defensive towards anyone who would suggest that we can rise up and be an overcomer. We like the idea of being soft to ourselves, going easy on ourselves, not demanding too much of ourselves, and even getting special attention because of our fragile emotional state. But when we choose this attitude, we miss out on one of the greatest spiritual tools that God desires to give us. It's the strength to be more than a conqueror. It's important to realize that spiritual fortitude is very different than human willpower or the reach your full potential ideas that basically tell us just to dig down deep and overcome difficulties in our own strength and just by having the right mindset. Spiritual fortitude can only come when we exchange our weakness for the strength of Jesus Christ. When we stop leaning on our own ability and start tapping into his supernatural enabling grace. The Apostle Paul said, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That is an incredible verse to me. It's from 2 Corinthians 10, 12, because most of us, when we're facing things like weaknesses, insults, distresses, persecutions, and difficulties, we are doing everything in our power to get out of those circumstances. But Paul is saying, I am well content with those things, for when I am weak, then I am strong. What did Paul have that most of us don't? Spiritual fortitude. It means coming to the end of our own strength, laying our weakness at the feet of Jesus and declaring, Lord, I can't, but you can. And we can do this in every challenge that we face. I want to share with you three practical ways to practice this kind of spiritual fortitude. Exchanging self-pity for spiritual fortitude can be a challenge, especially when we have developed the habit of being soft to ourselves and going easy on ourselves whenever something challenging comes into our life. So here are some practical ways that have most helped me choose fortitude over self-pity and self-sympathy. And I believe they can do the same for you no matter what your unique situation might be. The first one is to resist the enemy. It sounds so simple, but this was truly a life-changing principle for me to learn. During the season of my life when I was learning about fortitude, God opened my eyes to see that many of the crises in my life were not coming from him. They were coming from the enemy of my soul. 
The enemy was relentlessly attacking me in many areas of my life, trying to keep me off balance and wallowing in defeat. But God didn't want me to resign myself to just accepting these attacks from the enemy. He wanted me to call on him and allow him to come to my rescue. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I had not been resisting the enemy's blows and attacks because I just assumed they were coming from God or just at least being allowed by God for the purpose of discipline. But when I really thought about it and looked at it biblically, I began to realize that the result in my spiritual life wasn't the life-giving victory that God's loving discipline brings. It was the hopeless despair and discouragement that the enemy brings. I had always thought that the most God-pleasing thing I could do when bad things happened was just to accept them and move on. But God began to show me that when the enemy attacked, he didn't want me to just accept it. He wanted me to stand up and fight through the power of his spirit. So I had to learn the difference between trials that were being allowed by God and attacks that were coming from the enemy. I learned to rise up and push back whenever the enemy hit. And instead of just praying about my circumstances, I began to rebuke the enemy from interfering with the calling of God on my life through the power of Jesus' name. As I learned to consistently resist the enemy in Christ's authority, the result in my life was dramatic and astounding. I wasn't always getting sick anymore every time I stepped out to do ministry. I wasn't constantly defeated and overwhelmed by financial catastrophes. I wasn't constantly pummeled by false accusation and betrayal within the body of Christ. It wasn't that I never faced these challenges or attacks again, but I now had the spiritual tools to push the enemy back instead of just letting him have his way in my life. If the enemy has been hounding and attacking you, then take some time to learn about your position in Jesus Christ and the authority that he has given you through the power of his name. Learn the difference between God's tests and the enemy's attacks and study what it means to put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's in Ephesians 6, 11. Some of my favorite messages on this topic are Unstoppable, Hold the Position, and We Will Not Fear, which you can download for free at ellerslie.com. That's E-L-L-E-R-S-L-I-E.com. And I also love The Snake Story by Otto Koning, which is available online. The second point I want to share with you is to read stories of overcomers. One of the most helpful ways to gain a clear perspective on self-pity is to read the countless testimonies of men and women who faced crushing circumstances and trials and triumphed through them through the power of Jesus Christ. Some of these stories have been huge inspirations to me whenever the voice of self-pity comes knocking. I mean, if these men and women can face persecution, imprisonment, starvation, and even martyrdom with an overcoming attitude, then surely I can rise up and do the same in the face of my own trials by God's grace. Here are just some of the stories that have been the most impactful to me in gaining a clearer understanding of what spiritual fortitude looks like. If I Perish by Esther On Kim, which is the powerful story of a young woman in Korea who stood boldly for Christ in World War II and faced tremendous persecution as a result. 
Evidence Not Seen by Darlene Dibler Rose, which is the amazing testimony of a young woman missionary who became a widow and prisoner of war in World War II and clung firmly to Jesus Christ even in the darkest of times. The Pastor's Wife by Sabina Wormbrandt, which is the remarkable account of a woman who suffered tremendously in Romania during the communist takeover because of her unwavering commitment to Christ. The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom, which is the incredible story of two women who faced horrific circumstances and death because they defied the Nazis and protected the Jews. There are many more, but these particular stories are a great place to start. And as you read them, you can't help but say to yourself, I have no excuse for self-pity in light of how triumphantly these women suffered for Jesus Christ. The third point I want to share with you is learn how to refuel the right way. I was standing in line at a convenience store and the person in front of me was buying, I think, four quarts of Ben & Jerry's ice cream. It was a lot. And he told the checkout clerk, it's been a tough day, so it's going to be an ice cream fest tonight. And the clerk was totally on board and said, I know what you mean. Last night I ate two whole containers of chocolate cherry chunk ice cream because I was depressed after I had a fight with someone. So that is the mentality of our culture. It's like self-indulgence is what is going to bring that comfort when we're going through something difficult. We somehow feel justified in indulging the cravings of our flesh whenever we are feeling down or tired or frustrated, whether it's Ben and Jerry's ice cream or maybe it's an all-night movie fest or it's a rant session on social media or just a blitz and frenzy of social activities. We're so prone to looking to frivolous things for temporary comfort instead of the supernatural comfort of Jesus Christ. Now, there's nothing wrong with enjoying good food, special treats, fun activities, or taking the time to unwind after an intense day, but we all too often use our personal struggles as an excuse for self-indulgence and catering to the whims of our flesh. Actually, there is a far better way to refuel and gain strength for the daily battles we face. Look at the example of Christ. During his earthly life, there were times when he needed rest and refueling. The Bible describes several occasions when he periodically withdrew from the demands of the crowds and the intensity of his ministry. But he didn't just go lounge on the beach or turn to entertainment for rest and strength. He resorted to a mountain alone to pray or he rose up early in the morning to spend time in God's presence. You can read about that in Mark 135 and Mark 646. Jesus carried more weight on his shoulders than any of us can ever imagine, but he knew that the only way to gain strength for the battles he was called to fight was to spend time alone with God. So when we find ourselves in need of rest, perspective, and new strength, it's tempting to try to do things that have no eternal value but will distract us temporarily. And yet when we take the time to refuel and refresh, it should flow from a motive of becoming even stronger and more equipped to serve Jesus Christ, not to just escape from the responsibilities of serving and godly living or as an excuse to cater to our selfish whims. Practical refueling can be helpful and important. A long walk, a refreshing bike ride, a hike, journaling outside, an encouraging chat with a trusted friend, time away with your family. These can be great ways to gain rest and clearer perspective. But it's just so important not to give into the voice that says, you deserve some self-indulgence right now. Forget about everyone else. Put your spiritual life on hold for a while. Do whatever you want and take time for you. 
Personally, I have found that the best me time is actually not me time at all, but God time. Prayer, journaling, worship, reading Christian biographies, these things produce far more lasting refreshment to my soul than an hour on social media or in front of a movie or with a pint of Ben and Jerry's ever could. There should be no area of our life that is exclusively ours. Every area of our life should be exclusively God's. When we say no to personal indulgence in order to say yes to time in God's presence, we will find all of the lasting joy, peace, and strength that we need in Him. So next time you feel that you're in need of some me time, take a moment to consider what will truly refresh your soul. Run to the feet of Jesus instead of to the comforts of this world. When you do, you will experience the kind of strength and refueling that no movie fest and no ice cream fest could ever provide. I love this quote that Catherine Booth once wrote to her teenage daughter, do not give way to lowness while you are young. Rise up on the strength of God and resolve to conquer. So some final thoughts I want to share with you. If you are facing struggles of any kind, remember, the solution is not to be soft to yourself, but to practice spiritual fortitude by God's grace. Remember that he has given you everything you need for life and godliness. You can find that in 2 Peter 1.3. So ask him to equip you with the strength you need to be an overcomer. Let him showcase his triumph and victory through your life, even when your emotions are screaming otherwise. Life in this world will never be easy, but in all of the difficulties life brings your way, he has called you to fight the good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. That's in 2 Timothy 4.7. If you are willing, he is ready to infuse you with the grace to do just that starting today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more on this topic, please see the many resources we have available at setapartgirl.com and consider becoming a subscriber to our Set Apart Girl bi-monthly magazine, which is a beautiful, spiritually rich resource that can strengthen your walk with Christ no matter what season of life you are in. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.